Big Sloth. How you doing, buddy? Transporting a prisoner. 12th Precinct up in Buckley Town. My sergeant didn't give me any overtime, so I'm trying to do it lickety-split. Tell me, officer, do you have any idea how fast you were going? Well, I got a 426 Hemi in her. Three-quarter cams, nitro boosters. I can get her up to as good as 155. Never do, though, of course, unless I'm chasing a cute chick in a Ferrari. <laughs> I was going about 65 tops. Seven. Seven miles an hour. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. <laughs> And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. And we are continuing our look at women filmmakers. And we have, as our guest this week, to talk about the Penelope Spheris movie, Black Sheep, we have Bridget Caviola Stone. Welcome to the show, Bridget. How's it going? Hi, guys. You know what? I was good until I uh, hung out <laughs> with this movie, I think, a little bit. But otherwise, great. Thank you for having me. Well, also, if I can take one moment to... So if you notice this, and perhaps our listeners, because it's the song that is sweeping the nation, that was, of course, the Katie Long remix of our theme song. So, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, that little tootie, Rudy ukulele sound sounds so familiar in my core. Yeah. Um it's coming out all over the world katie long x bronson scott yeah yeah it's the collaboration (laughs) we've all been (laughs) waiting for (laughs) i don't i didn't bring you anything like that i'm so sorry yeah your presence is enough oh Perfect. Okay, thanks. Yeah. I'm just we'll going to add that, that on top week. of. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, like, just, just, just layer it in. <laughs> layer it. Keep layering it like a dip. <laughs> All right. But yeah, yeah so, so we, we. Yeah, we watched Black Sheep. We watched Black Sheep. This whole month we're spotlighting uh, women filmmakers. This was directed by Penelope Spheres, who I want to just mention because I feel like this podcast is going to be rough. Directed Wayne's World. Let's yeah. all be clear about that. Sure. From the start. She also she also directed Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. And the Little Rascals. Mm-hmm. No, which great, are Little Rascals movie is delightful. Great director. Yeah, she did. Uh, I'm trying to remember the documentary that she did as well. The Decline about- of Western Civilization. Which, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, great documentary filmmaker. Great, uh, sort of like rock historian. In yeah, her, she own. did a bunch of heavy metal music videos. Yeah. yeah. No, Penelope Spheres is. is fantastic and in fact was requested to direct this movie by lauren michael who loved her work so much in wayne's world that he was like i know the right person for this bad movie (laughs) (laughs) there are some things i learned about her can i share them that like fascinated me yeah okay that her dad was a strong man um like in a circus which blew my mind and and had her, how her, old like, is her dad like in what well year? he was 40 and her mom was 19 at scandal oh. <laughs> um and then her mom's like, name is gypsy spheris i just want to point and that her out. mom is in this movie to be clear she Stop. Is, she is the one who uh like, what is it that she says? To she David she accuses David Spade of playing pocket pool. While That's what talking. it is. Oh. And is credited as like pocket pool woman or something. <laughs> yeah. I did note that because I had never heard that expression before. And I put it in quotes on my notes. 
pocket pool. What was uh, Gypsy Spheres uh, apparently oh, invented it? Well, I now know. I even like it better. <laughs> um, there we go. We did it, everybody. <laughs> Oh, did I already do it? Shit. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then um, that she's in, been in a relationship with a person named Sin for oh, wow. like the, her whole majority of her life. Uh, and it's the love of her life. And he's he's actually been in and out of um, some like facilities. He has some mental health issues. I don't know. I was like, she's fascinating. She and really she's, is. Like, yeah. Really cool. Yeah. And this movie, maybe I'll just say it's like bad writing. I don't well, know. Is that what you do? Well, let's okay so let's set this up because i think there are some important things that might help you understand why this movie is not good which is so chris farley uh one of the funniest people to ever exist in our lifetime uh he signed a two-picture deal with paramount and that first movie was tommy boy which was amazing but also is a classic well, it's a classic, but also like Paramount didn't know that it was going to be a classic because, you know, they're old men that didn't see how <laughs> hilarious Chris Farley was. So they had him contractually obligated to make a second movie and they were going to capitalize this time on <laughs> like having not properly promoted his on that Farley spade magic. Yeah, on the Farley spade uh. magic. And so he wanted to do the movie Cable Guy. At this time, he had the script for that and he was interested in it, but he was under contract and they you're not wrong in that literally it was uh, what is Fred Wolf, who I would also like to mention. Fred Wolf is a credited writer on Dirty Work, which is also a movie I think is funny. So I will believe that he is a funny writer was hired to rush a script before Chris Farley's contract expired and Paramount couldn't use it but so chris farley did not want to make this movie (laughs) had no interest in it and the studio was basically as if he was the rights to (laughs) spider-man was rushing to (laughs) make a chris farley movie before they lost him but like most of the writing of this movie is just like three lines and then a lot of screaming and then people falling yes right so it's like there's not a lot of dialogue actually yeah, I don't think the they film. gave Fred Wolf a lot of time. So I guess if you right. were just like, if you had a weekend to write a Chris Farley movie, you're like, I don't know that he falls. Uh, and then like, I yeah, guess the he shouts. Is just, and then Chris does something funny. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, all, sometimes that would be enough. <laughs> we should also mention, because all of this is more fun than talking about the movie, that <laughs> at the time this was made, Chris Farley and David Spade were not getting along. <laughs> That they oh they're, yeah. they're having a falling out of their scandal <laughs> yeah so apparently you Bridget you'll be you might be interested to know this that if you remember the the woman who is topless and swimming in the pool in Tommy Boy that uh-huh. David Spade watches through the window and then Chris Farley catches him uh, that person playing was pocket pool yeah when <laughs> he's playing pocket pool <laughs> but we didn't have a term for it then because that was now before this do. movie now we get it thank goodness uh, yeah but that so she was friends with David Spade in real life. And then Chris Farley met her and her being uh, a woman in the nineties who knew both David Spade and Chris Farley started dating Chris Farley. And uh, David Spade was not, he apparently had feelings for her and was not happy that Chris Farley was dating her. Well, wow. Yeah. And Chris Farley was also starting his downward spiral of drug addiction and David Spade was not too happy about that. Although I did read that for this movie, he, he was, was clean for the movie. He was clean for this movie, but that oh. was definitely starting to happen. Was that 
you know. But also that the poor reception for this movie triggered a relapse. Yes. Jeez. You know, I'm really happy actually to hear that Chris Farley like had this. I assume everybody finds somebody, but I kind of like always maybe assumed he was kind of a little lonely. Like one of those people that's like the light of the room, the light of the party, but like not feeling that like personal connection, you know? Um, and so, yeah, good for her for choosing Chris Farley. It's, I yeah. loathe David Spade. So well, you actually picked a very funny movie for me because <laughs> I have historically loathed David Spade. Well, it's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because now I can mention what might be my final fact that I have about this movie, which is so did Penelope Spears. <laughs> yeah, she also. Um, and like, David Spade, to his credit, was saying like, no, Chris and I need more scenes together. That's why Tommy Boy worked. And I don't think he's wrong about that. But uh, Penelope Spears wasn't feeling David Spade's cockiness about what funny meant. Yeah, she's she, like, I made Wayne's World. Yeah, right. she. So like for her. She had worked with Chris Farley in Wayne's World, and that was the selling point for her of making this movie because she had a really great time with him, thought he was hilarious, wanted to make a movie with him, did not think David Spade was funny at all. And so, but I also, because I read the same thing that you saw, Andy, as well, that that, that was David Spade's take, which I, I don't disagree that if you're going to cast both of them, what we want to see is the two of them together. But it also, some of the stuff I was reading seemed to imply that I don't think Chris Farley really wanted to be doing stuff with David Spade and in fact wanted more of the scenes by himself that were like with his brother that were the more emotional scenes, you know, that were away from David Spade. So, yeah, I, I think she probably was happy to go along with that. But I I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that there were probably a lot of reasons that they don't have a lot of scenes together <laughs> in this movie. What, OK, honest question for real. Like, what what do people like about David Spade? I mean, he had to, he has had a, an illustrious TV career, too, right? I mean, he's he's been around for almost 40 years. Right. Doing comedy. Is successful at stand up. Um, I, I feel like he had that. What was his like? <laughs> I don't know how to describe but like. I don't know where he would make fun of celebrities and be kind of, you know, like, like snarky, yeah. you know, like kind of insult comic thing going. Sure. I feel like that where, was which is the type of thing that, like, I think some people like and other people, it just rubs the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not and, trying to be mean, because but I'm also not really a fan of David Spade. So it's hard for me. to. <laughs> well, he probably is listening to this podcast. Yeah. He's definitely listening. He's, yeah. Uh, so, Andy, it's your chance regularly. to come out as a David Spade fan. If uh, I'm also not a big David Spade <laughs> oh, no. fan. Oh, no. Um, no. <laughs> but I have like, I think he was. I think he's a big reason why Tommy Boy works so well, because yes, if Tommy yeah. Boy is just fatty fall down and there isn't like some like, you know, voice of reason, audience surrogate character to be exasperated with his antics, like it doesn't hit as well. And no. he did really well at that. No, mm. they, they are both like you need both of them in that movie. And he is like great in that movie. And I think there are some really uh, fantastic emotional beats in that movie. I, what is it that he says where he's like, you know, you have a lot of friends, but I don't or where he's kind of like heartfelt telling him at the end, like it might not mean a lot to you that we're friends, but, it, it you know, I like I think they like, do you have a billion friends, but it means a lot to me. 
Yeah, Aww. where it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think David Spade actually does carry a lot of like emotional weight in Tommy Boy. And guys, Dev- are we going to be talking about Tommy Boy? Because I did not watch that movie, <laughs> and it's been a really long time since oh. I've seen it, and now I feel ill-prepared for this podcast about black sheep if it makes you feel better i haven't watched tommy boy in a long time either but i could play it in my head from start to finish for you yeah Yeah, that movie is for sure note for note line for line amazing in my head (laughs) yeah i watched that movie you understand how much it was on comedy central in the afternoon yeah yeah i guess you're right but i was too busy watching like Degrassi high or something at the time probably so but no Tommy Boy was definitely one of those movies that if I was flipping through cable which I I feel weirdly nostalgic for now the idea of just things were on and you didn't have to pick them and you could just flip through but like if Tommy Boy was on at whatever point it was on I would just play it and watch it so I've yeah I have seen that movie I'm going to conservatively guess eight million times so I think that's see, but there are movies I understand. I understand that. Like we talked about Top Gun a couple weeks ago on our podcast, and that is one that I have seen at least a billion times. I, would, too, so I, know, I get it. I know this is a black sheep podcast, but now I'm curious <laughs> since you brought that up because I just watched Top Gun, which was uh, I, I know I saw it like years ago, but I, I have no nostalgia for that movie. But I wanted to watch the new one. Like, yeah. are you a Top Gun fan? Like such I'm not I'm not fanatical about much of anything. Like, I don't get like, oh, my God. But it's it's like a comfort movie to me. It's so weird. It is I think, weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so weird. But I think a lot of it has to do like I, I it's this sort of like nostalgia for watching it when I was a kid. And then I have nostalgia where I imagine that my father who was in the Navy experienced that like but he was never a fighter pilot and he he was on a hell of a lot of volleyball (laughs) oh my god my dad is such a volleyball ace um and he always wears sweatpants and jeans at the same time when he plays you got to um did your dad have a mustache? Like he did. So he did for like my whole childhood. And then one day, my senior year of high school, he shaved it and I cried oh. because I had never seen his lip before. <laughs> and I didn't and I didn't know who he was. We were actually at Bethany Beach in Delaware, and he came onto the beach, and I thought my mom was with a stranger. It was it was that horrible. Like, You're like, does dad know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's gonna break like, it to him? But I guess mom has a type because he kind of looks like dad. Kind of looks like dad, but he definitely isn't dad. <laughs> but he's someone else. He's somebody else. Yeah. Mustache is very big in the Navy. Very, yeah. very big. To this yeah. day, ask Miles Teller. I, mustache. mustache. Which I did, I did enjoy because we'll never get a chance to talk about it because it's I too well liked on I love Miles Teller in that movie so I, much. I really enjoyed <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Like, I did too. I thought it was very good. Like, and I, but that's the funny thing is like, I don't love Top Gun. I think I like Top Gun Maverick more than Top that's Gun. That's okay. I respect I've that. I've been hearing that from a lot of people that, because Top Gun isn't so much a good movie. No. And it is a series of really memorable vignettes. That's right. It's and a bad movie. the song Highway to the Danger Zone six times. And Take My Breath Away. And won an breath. Oscar. Yeah. And the Top Gun theme song, which is yeah. like, if you want to get pumped up. Yeah. Talk about crescendos. Yeah. <laughs> that is a song of crescendos. But we're here to talk about Black Sheep. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, crap. I know this was fun for a while, but yeah. I know. Sorry to bring the room down, everyone, but let's back get on back top on task. I guess we, we, you know, we're 15 minutes in and we haven't actually set up Black Sheep, which I think we can do in five seconds, which is yeah. uh, Chris Farley is the Black Sheep of his family and his brother is running for political office. 
which I think is a solid premise for a dumb comedy. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Is that the the no good, the do nothing or ne'er do well brother of someone running for political office? Like, how do we sidetrack him so he doesn't damage the campaign? Yada yada yada. Like, it's. I think the beats kind of write themselves, even though they don't do any of those beats in this movie. They just right. have, they 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 decide to instead do the great outdoors badly. So Tim Matheson, is that the yeah. guy's name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's been in, what, 3,000 things. And yes, he's probably, been in every movie. You probably mm-hmm. know more than I do. But most recently, he's in this Netflix show called Virgin River, where he's I think he's also played like a town doctor at least 400 times in his career. <laughs> and he and he does in Virgin River. And I am hopelessly devoted to this silly little show so when i saw him i was like it's doc like there he is again do you know why he was cast in this it's dark oh god i mean (laughs) it's a little it's a like he murdered somebody and he had to like get a that was it no he uh, kidnapped gypsy spheris oh god yeah uh no uh so it was actually uh penelope spheris uh wanted to cast someone from animal house because of chris farley's love of john belushi hmm. in the role and so they cast two people because uh the uh, the guy that played d-day in animal house is one of the aides for the for the other gu- gubernatorial candidate bruce the mcgill jeep. bruce, bruce mcgill that's yeah. his name is it one of the jeep guys Bruce McGill in this movie plays the guy who immediately throws the political candidate, the woman, like under the bus. Like oh. one, once it's clear that the scandal is out, he's like, "Yes, she did cheat in this she, election, and she, she made, made us. me do everything." Yeah, got it. Yeah, he's got that it. guy. Yeah, he's um, like the yeah. He's like her. I guess her fixer. Like I don't know what his title like in her <laughs> campaign is, but he's like the guy that's with her when they're sure. looking at photos of Chris Farley, you know, and deciding uh to blackmail yes yeah. right and fred wolf plays the cameraman that takes all the black blackmail photos yep <laughs> writer oh. of the movie yeah. oh really yeah yeah oh come on you don't need to be in the movie <laughs> but he did he was <laughs> no one else wanted to but yeah it was um, but he was <laughs> But yeah, uh, no, Chris Farley's obsession with John Belushi is well documented and very dark. Um, it also well, led to dark. an yeah. altercation between Penelope Spheris and Chris Farley because like, he's like, yeah, I wanted to live like John Belushi. I wanted to I want to die like John Belushi. And like she hit him because he said that she's like, no, you don't get that thought out of your head. Wow. Yeah, yeah. he was obsessed. That was like while they were filming this. Apparently, yeah. That was, yeah dirt. When did Chris Farley die? Uh, like two years later. Oh, wow. And he like he and Belushi both died at the age of 33. Like, so he did die at the same age as Belushi of a drug overdose. Yeah. She's Louise. Which if you want to be really bummed out. uh, Yeah, let's let's dive in. uh, Well, I just read uh, Bob Odenkirk's memoir, which is fantastic. uh, Comedy, 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 drama. But he has a whole section of like, because also I didn't know that I like, I didn't know this, but uh, Odenkirk is one who wrote the Matt Foley motivational speaker speaker sketch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, but like obviously they were friends but he talks about like the last time he saw Chris Farley and Farley very much kind of doing a farewell saying goodbye to everyone oh wow yeah yeah it was very that is not super great. dark yeah what a bummer yeah Ugh. yeah um, just like this movie <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, way to bring it back. Yeah, um, you're welcome. No, this, yeah, this movie is like it should have been better. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it just like nothing really landed. Like the scene that Joel picked for the opening clip might be the funniest scene in the movie. Yeah, I, I was telling Andy uh, before we started that because I had seen this movie, I think when it came out and the only thing I remembered about the movie was that scene. So I, I think hmm. that's why I picked it because I'm like, that must be the funniest scene because it's the only one <laughs> that I remembered going into it. <laughs> like, this, Yeah, this movie is very strange to me and um, also like this whole like that whole part where they go to like the the Rock the Vote MTV event. <laughs> You know, what's funny is I feel like that is the most Penelope Spheres section of like, that's the only thing that I watched and confidently felt like she wrote this part. That that part of the movie felt like it was plopped into this movie. It was meant to be in a different movie. Well, and it it kind of tracks because it's just Chris Farley. It's not David Spade. So this all like it because yeah, my I don't know this for sure, but just my impression is I feel like she filmed that and then the David Spade by himself getting Mm. into a fight with children parts Mm. to like film things with both of them separate from each other. That was the second unit director David Spade stuff. (laughs) Yeah, because Chris Farley's like very like, you know, to use an overused word, like has this woke moment there. And they're also like encouraging young people to vote. And, you know, I don't know. There's something like really kind of like very 1996 about that. It's mud honey. They into the zeitgeist with mud honey. Yeah, that's what's 1996 about it is mud honey is so important. That everybody remembers from the 90s. Well, what I love is like they are so, yeah, like they're name checked. It's not just like they're playing, but it's like we're going to tell you that it's mud honey it's like, so. oh we got mud honey for this movie <laughs> that's right mud honey i was like am i supposed to know what that is oh god uh, but i will say too i mean I, we're not quite at silver linings yet but like i i laughed during that scene like the the chris farley <laughs> backstage like smoking yeah, pot I actually scene did laugh at that scene too yeah. there was something so First, just like I was like, oh, God, this is like really stereotypical. It was really. But then I was like, who's the joke on? Kind of on Chris Farley. Yes. So I was like, OK, I'm, I lean in. And then they like cut back to him and he's like eating. What was it? I don't know. He's like eating chicken wings, like a giant oh, right. plate yeah, of yeah. chicken wings, yes. like yeah. empty carcasses, yeah. <laughs> just sweating. And I was like, that's that's what I want to see. Yeah. That's like. Go yeah. good job, Chris Farley. I think that's what it is. Like that scene feels the closest to delivering the Chris Farley that we were kind of hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and that's also, I think, the closest to what the premise of this movie should have been, which was no good brother keeps like through best intentions ruining the campaign of of his, you know, more well-to-do older sibling. Well, because it's also, yeah, I think they make a mistake in so the opening scene makes sense where he's driving like this homemade uh, <laughs> van. You know, he's promoting his brother and it's this very like DIY. He clearly yes. made it himself and it has his brother's head and it's just spinning, spinning around as he's driving around and dogs are chasing him. Like, I felt like the opening scene was like, yep, I get this. I get what we're yeah. setting up. But then the actual big scandal is that he gets fired from his job and then that that rec center is burned to the ground and i'm like that is not the right choice (laughs) for this movie at all like 
Versus like before that, the other scene we get in between is Chris Farley hanging out with kids, like with a bottle of alcohol in his hand and like being photographed, being, you know, not like, actually trying to tell them not to drink. Right. Right. Yeah. He's trying to tell them not to drink. But it visually this yeah. this, you know, unscrupulous photographer is like out of context cap. Like that feels more like what we should be doing <laughs> in the movie. Right. And not arson to the rec center. <laughs> There's also like, yeah, like this again, all these movies, by the way, um, we have a puppy. Well, she's not that young anymore, but she watches television. So the whole first like, <laughs> oh, no, 15 minutes of this movie were just it was a lot for all of us because it was like the dogs were barking and my dog was barking. And then like they were chasing. It was we were all it was a 4D experience. Nice. Um, in my house with the, <laughs> the Farley mobile, which he almost like hits a baby, too. I'm like, I get these like comedy tropes. I get this like but I'm like. Come on, like be a little smarter. I don't know. There's just yeah. Don't hit a baby. Don't pretend <laughs> to hit a baby. Yeah, no. This movie, I think, even more than Tommy Boy, relied on Fatty Fall Down for the yeah. first comedy. Which also, well, like, again, to make it dark because that's where we want to stay. The sweet yeah. spot of just staying dark. Which, again, if you read Bob Odenkirk's book, he talks about how like Bob Odenkirk hates the Chippendale sketch because he he really oh. talks about how that stuff really like Chris Farley you know had this like i want to entertain people i want to make them laugh but that stuff really bothered him like he did sure. not like doing that kind of comedy and so that was like odenkirk's point of like that sketch is laughing at him and i don't like it because i know that like at his core he doesn't want to be that comedian yeah there's just funnier things i think that he does and i was like kind of noting as i was watching just all of the like weight jokes and fat jokes and i'm just like is that is that it and is is that what's funny about this like i just i don't think so i think he's much smarter than that and there's he's he's a great physical comedian right like his face alone his facial expressions you know what's even it? him like shake sorry just him shaking <laughs> with david spade's hand like when he's got all that car junk all over him little moments like that that you're just like that's as funny that's funnier than any of this other crap well again like the motivational speaker sketch if you watch right. that the joke of that is just this guy is a motivational speaker and he's a mess like he's right. just absolute wreck yeah like he lives in he a... always does break a table yeah well but but also like yeah that's physical comedy of just yeah like that's falling true. through a so table did, uh, what's your face the fifth molly shannon or the yeah molly shannon yeah. Did that the sniffy the one Catherine gallagher thank yeah. you she always broke things too so yeah and, and i think that's what this movie is lacking is that it's like it didn't do enough to build a strong relationship with uh, Tim Matheson and Chris Farley's characters. Like they had a couple of scenes that were maybe nudging towards the heartwarming territory, but it didn't yeah. have the heart. It didn't have like the clear cut antagonist like Rob Lowe in Tommy Boy that like there wasn't someone like constantly directly trying to ruin their their quest to do whatever. Like it was a lot of like background machinations. This movie had Gary Busey and Tommy boy didn't. And My that's God. definitely a mark <laughs> against it. Um, I, I also, uh, since we're, you know, I know Bridget, you requested that we talk more about Tommy boy. So yeah, uh, I did. Uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe's <laughs> introduction in that movie is one of my favorite introductions of a character. Like if you just want to study how to effectively introduce a character, he walks off a bus, a kid, is making a face behind him and he just punches 
the glass. Like, within five seconds, you know exactly who that guy is. While drinking milk from the carton. While uh, drinking milk from the carton. It is truly art. Classic. And yeah, you know, this is the villain. Yeah. yeah. Like this movie, you're right, does not. I think that's it. Yeah. You you nailed like we've been talking this whole time, but I think you you hit it. There's not the same heart that right. like that movie has. And there's just not a a compelling enough villain you know in this movie we need someone that's just mustache twirling yeah there's just a bunch of dumb villains that aren't really villainous and like when of course i wrote like uh when gary Busey came on i was like nick nolte because i i don't understand the difference between the two of them it's not not important my notes are just like nick nolte no gary Busey. no um and then and then yeah like i'm kind of like again like going back to our like women director thing i'm like penelope why why is the other villain this like woman governor who's just trying to i mean she's not a great person but i'm like <laughs> she she ran for office like she has her own she's got platforms she has things going on like why is she the foe here well, you know? she's like successfully to two terms she's running yeah. for her third term she's and it feels too easy that just the like because i feel like that's supposed to be the big thing of like no look chris farley figured this out because he you sent him away to campaign in this town but he knows how many people are in the town and that's why but it's like her entire scam is so <laughs> easy to catch like it's a bad plan yeah. that she's just all dead people and the numbers in every town are like way more than the population of the yeah, town that would be crazy if people tried to falsify election results oh, in Andy, order to sway a vote Andy, so weird Andy, stop it <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Um, Stop that it. woman, Christina Ebersol, she's also been in a thousand things. I yes. could not place her. I was like, is that the mom from the Brady Bunch movie? Is that? But no, that's not. Shelley Long. That's Shelley Long, like for real, which I did she's realize also after been a minute. In a thousand things. Yeah, but I was like, who is this woman? But she's like a soap opera actor. Um, she's maybe, prolific, Christina Ebersol. Very yeah. prolific. I know. So I was like, wow, there's some really like great actors in this movie, too just kind of jumbled together and in a hot Busey. stew and yeah and Gary Busey which I don't get that I don't get anything about that plot line whatsoever well, also <laughs> yeah yeah because I it's such should, a tangent we should probably pivot soon but I yeah that plot line is bad but also the entire end of this movie is terrible like oh. that last scene I think everything about it is bad like just including Gary Busey with a rocket launcher you yeah. have a hostage situation like everything every instinct in that last scene is the wrong instinct it, you and, have your heroes doing the least heroic things possible which like even tommy it, it, <laughs> we're talking about tommy boy again but isn't that in <laughs> tommy boy that he straps the dynamite but he immediately is like no it's not really dynamite i just wanted a camera and like he drops it versus this is like it is a hostage situation like whether you mean it to be or not like whatever you're like like it does just hand wave past the okay yes you're right you proved that she cheated but you should probably still also be arrested like you yes, you've also committed crimes yeah yeah at the end of this movie was a little bit of a blur for me some of my notes i just it was loud this movie was also really loud yes like sometimes like and like the dialogue was quiet and then there was just like dogs barking and music the music oh my god i don't know who scored this but it was like it was like i wrote it down somewhere like yeah it was like a circus maybe it was this 
her dad's influence, but <laughs> a circus is like the 1812 overture and a Western like made a baby and it was the music in this movie. Oh my God. It was terrible. It was terrible. And then like, I have a note. I don't even know what it means. It says Busey says Farley's Patriot. He does say that at the end. Yeah. He starts. He starts. Yeah. When he's holding a rocket launcher at the crowd. I don't even know what that means. He's saying what a good young. He keeps calling him a young man. (laughs) And like, yeah, he's talking about what a patriot that Chris Farley is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Wow. And like one of the other just weird things about this movie, and we should pivot after this, but like. One of the big scenes shown in the marketing was his jacket getting caught in the plane door. And that's the last scene of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Solid gag. Which, look, you didn't know that I was going to tie all these threads together. But I feel like that stunt was stolen by Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible films. (laughs) I'm going to hang off the side of an airplane bit. I see where you got that, Tom. Harley did it first. Yeah, did it better. You know. Yeah, I was going to say, and arguably better. I mean, I think the did difference he, the difference is that Tom Cruise was really hanging off the side of an airplane. But did and, he hang off of other things? Was there three things he hung off of? Because his tie got caught in the trunk. Yeah, the airplane. Was there another one to kind of like make the trifecta? Because well, well, the swing when he swung into the the lake, he did like the crazy flip off the tire swing or whatever. Okay, that's true. Yeah, because I'm also because this doesn't quite fit either. But he gets stuck in the voting booth as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, and then there's like the women that hit him with their handbags and. But yeah, you're right. It yeah, should be a third vehicle. Scene, that was that was like the one where I was just like, oh, really? You think him jumping in a lake caused like a freaking earthquake? I mean, yeah. that just that one bummed me out big time. Well, yes. And yeah. Just last one, I promise. Um, so like. Part of the reason that fatty fall down works as a comedic trope, and I think on some level it does, is that. Like, he's not actually getting injured by any of it. Right. right. But, like, the scene where he gets his thumbs crushed in the the uh, hood of the car, like, he's in real, like, emoting real pain in that yeah. scene. And so it's it's not funny at all. No, I don't think that's um, funny at all. Like, I, when I was, when I was little, I uh, had my fingers uh, closed in a hatchback of a car. It's not fun. Don't do it. Yeah. No. Um, so I, 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 I related to Chris Farley in that moment. Um, you know, what's weird like- when I was little, I was on a, like a runway and my jacket got caught in an airplane. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, was- are you Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was you crazy. The Mission Impossible mask. Yeah, it was Tom- crazy. My jacket <laughs> just like, got now caught. Now you guys want to take a personality <laughs> test real quick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we like the plane went all the way to Phoenix. Like we just. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wild. That's far. Yeah. Wild. Um, but yeah, let's let's pivot to the silver linings of this turd. Uh, <laughs> if if your turds have silver linings <laughs> so you should see go a to medical the doctor yeah. <laughs> wait hold on what that turned into like a really Anthony, weird are you okay <laughs> you guys I... don't have flecks of silver in your turds not since college when i used to drink goldschlager oh every... no no oh, god remember that Jeez. remember goldschlager remember goldschlager remember feeling fancy as all it's get out because it has gold in it <laughs> Ew. It tastes like yeah. cinnamon. So bad. So gross. Still better uh, than Fireball. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, but at least we 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 were tough and we drank gold flex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put the little cuts in your throat so you absorb yeah. the alcohol. Uh, that's right. That's uh, right. 
Ugh. Uh, college drinking is so stupid. <laughs> it's all so terrible. Stupid. We haven't even talked about Jägermeister yet. Oh, so. Rump- or Rumplemints. <laughs> Hold on, I'm throwing up. Yeah. Peppermint uh, schnapps. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Anything schnapps. Just, Anything uh. with schnapps after it. Yeah, no, just don't. <sighs> Anyways, uh, okay. so the, the silver linings of this turd of a movie. <laughs> they, they were driving seven miles per hour. <laughs> See, that they seems thought funny. That, they thought they were going fast. Oh, that is funny. I did like that. No, I, I, that, I picked it for the beginning because sincerely, that was what I remembered about this movie from the first time I watched it. And I, I would say by default, it's the funniest scene in the movie. But yeah, the, there's some good well, comedy. And that scene captured what worked in Farley and Spade on SNL, Farley and Spade and Tommy Boy. Farley and Spade just as comedic actors like I think that encapsulated yeah, and they're they're both riffing together like the and again David Spade who we were very hard on in this episode sorry David Spade because we know you're listening but uh uh like I'm the Rowan yeah <laughs> Bridget's not sorry yeah. the rest of us yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're but, a little sorry but the Rowads like like he's doing some good work in that that we're inhaling nitrous scene as well yeah if I may, I don't if it's OK, I as much as I dislike David Spade, there was a scene that I actually really did enjoy. Yeah, that was the two of them. And maybe it's controversial, but it was that bat scene <laughs> when they get into the house, because one, this has happened to me before in Baltimore City, where I came home one night with a friend and there was a bat curled up on my windowsill and we didn't know what to do. We poked it and then it went crazy and flew around our house. But Chris Farley actually has some wonderful, helpful ideas. Yes. And, you know, the refrigerator one, I'm like, what are you going to do once it's in the refrigerator? But still, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the comedy of that scene. I enjoyed that whole like sheet um, like, well, no, that scene had some solid physical comedy. It had some yeah. solid physical comedy. It was, it felt like they were actually doing something together. Yes. Even though they were, had a little, they had some surface level opposition, but the bat was the foe, right? Yeah. Versus right. them being the foe. So for me, I was like, okay, I enjoy this scene. I, I relate to it. I've been there. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was like, okay, I could handle David Spade in that scene. Well, too. Yeah. And, <laughs> I think this is a joke that always works, even though it's incredibly telegraphed. Like, oh, good. We got it. Someone turns around. It's on their back. Yeah, right. No, always good. Okay. It's just a comedy. It's Abbott and Costello. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's a classic uh, for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. And Farley gets to flail about. And that way, it's not really just so much about, again, like him being a larger person. It's just about him being funny and comedic and getting to like overreact to something like that. Yeah. Right. Which is a, yeah, I think that's the exact thing with him is like, he's a really gifted physical comedian, which unfortunately, unfortunately gets reduced to like, right. like let's talk about his weight, but like, yeah, he is just gifted in how he moves. Like he's kinetically very funny. And yeah, I think the well, other, I know just really athletic and too. really athletic. And I think the other important thing in that scene that you mentioned too, is like, he gets to be the one who solves it yeah. right? because again, he's the like brother that's screwing everything up. So right, you he's get this idiot, but, but he's so, not right. Well, that's so, the, and that's, I think one of the big differences uh, from this other movie that they did together. You might've heard of it. It's called Tommy boy. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll write it down. Tommy yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. yeah. You should give it a watch if you haven't it, all right, all right. out there, if you haven't seen it. Um, but like, like Tommy, like Chris Farley and Tommy boy was almost irredeemably stupid as a character yeah um and while 
uh, his character in this was a screw up. Like he wasn't he his intentions were always good. And like he was it was his overzealousness that caught him, not just being a complete dum dum. Well, he's a much smarter character in, in general than he is in Tommy. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and that, you know, so like there were glimmers of and he was not incompetent. He just was maybe misplaced with his enthusiasm a little bit, uh, which I think could have made for a more interesting character. Didn't in this case. But um, but yeah, like it seems like that where they he's the one that solves the bat problem, um, you know, even when he's talking like when he's convincing the cop of his story. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, yeah, those moments where he is actually solving problems, I think, are good. Uh, well, and like his character having a heart where um, he's like, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to play catch with this kid that I promised to play catch with. So I have to try to do that. Like that gave his character like a real heart and showed he was a good person. And that also felt very Penelope Spheris. Yeah, too. Yeah. Like that was the type of heart that she showed in like the Little Rascals movie par exemple. Mm-hmm. Or Wayne's World. I mean, Wayne's or World Wayne's has World a lot has of a heart. heart. It does yeah. have a heart to it. Yeah. yeah. I still, I never knew that movie was directed by a woman, and it blew my mind actually once I learned that <laughs> by doing this podcast. Oh, you just like, learned that like just now? Right? No, no, no. I mean, oh. I, I learned it once oh. I started. Once you told me we were going to do this movie, and I started researching her, I was like, oh my god, she, wow! Like it just feels like such a male. Both of these, all of these things feel so male centric. And so, like, it's interesting that there is like a woman's touch, so to speak, on it. But I'm that's why I'm so kind of fascinated by her, because I still am like, hmm, like, what is well, your touch on this? Like, well, and it's crazy. That, well, go ahead, Joel. Oh, I was just going to say what's interesting, I because I do feel like it. And like we talked about the rock, the vote in this, like clearly her love of, of rock music, I think, is clear yeah. in Wayne's world and in this. And apparently... One of the other things I read about her is she was offered Spinal Tap and she refused to direct it because she didn't like that it was making fun of. Right. Like the genre. So, like, clearly she has a passion for, uh, you know, this. Yeah, kind I mean, of there music. was like a 20 minute interlude of mosh pitting in this movie. Like there was a yeah. full <laughs> musical performance by Mud Honey. <laughs> yeah. Mud Honey yeah. performed. Mud there Honey. Was like people having mosh pit fun. It was very like, I love rock music. I love rock concerts. We, yeah. we got it. God, moshing was so stupid. <laughs> but so again, it's like you do that. I know it's so I. Uh, it's, it's very dangerous. <laughs> We're so I've old. always been a big so <laughs> fan and everything, but I never I I never thought moshing was cool. I always no. thought it was dumb. It was it's like you guys are idiots. Just, if you've so had dumb. boobs, you think it's always been dumb. <laughs> Hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways what else do we have for silver linings i mean again apologies bridget but i got to talk about tommy boy a lot and that makes me happy so yeah well yeah i know that you mentioned it wasn't fully developed but i i actually did kind of enjoy um tim matheson and and Farley's kind of thing. I, I I was glad he wasn't more of a foe. Let me say that. Yeah, I just wish they had a little bit more to get. Yeah. Like they needed like one yeah. or two more scenes. Because uh, he liked his brother. I mean, yeah. he, 
he didn't hate it like that that would have been a trope that would have just been like really stupid i yes. think yes yeah so, and the fact that it's like yeah, lining. when his fixer when his bruce mcgill uh, yeah. <laughs> uh is like it's either him or me that he immediately just kicks that guy to the curb yeah. and is like yeah. obviously and my like, brother yeah yeah because that like it was one of those things he's like i get my brother the voting people of washington state are not gonna get my brother so we need I need to find something, you know, because he means well, he wants to help. I got to get him to think he's helping. Like, yeah, he, he could have very easily been the antagonist. Instead, they just had no antagonist, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but no, I and I like. Nobody feels like they're phoning things in in this movie, whereas it were just like it sounded like nobody really enjoyed making it or had a lot of fun making it. It still feels like people put forth their best effort to try to make a good movie. Like I mean, Chris Farley put in so much effort. That's yes. so much effort. I was exhausted watching him do <laughs> this movie. I mean, that's a lot, especially if you're doing multiple takes, like especially coming from a, an improv background and then doing like sketch where you kind of like do it once. I mean, you rehearse, but like not that many times. And then to do a movie where like, I mean, there were some big sight gags in this, like the house falling down the hill. And, you know, there's all these sort of like things that I was thinking like, oh, and the hail scene. I actually did kind of enjoy that. Yeah, that was pretty good. (laughs) Where it hailed on them. And then, of course, the bunk bed fell. But I was like, you know what? What if the bunk bed never fell? What if it just drooped? Yeah. You know, and that it was like CGI. I also it was so weird. <laughs> that was almost more creative too, because the the trope, and I feel like this is a plane, trains, and automobiles trope that then bled into Tommy Boy right. is you destroy the car. But hmm. in this movie, it was they destroyed the cabin, and I, yeah. I give them credit. That is creative. That it was it's the something cabin. else. Yeah, it's a different thing that they're in <laughs> that you're destroying. <laughs> it they is played checkers. Thing. They did play checkers. That was kind of cute. Where David <laughs> yeah. Spade let. Chris Farley win? I don't know. Man, Maybe. David Spade is again. I I know that Bridget hates him, but uh, <laughs> uh, he no, really he really is not a developed character in this. Because I'm really sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like, who is he? I don't even feel like we ever have any sense of like who this guy is. Which what is about that scene with all those people with red hair in the car? And then he, I don't know what's what what going was. on. What is going on there? That Why scene is that was, even in this, this movie? Is right after the O'Doyle's rule joke really landing right. in Billy Madison. So like, oh, she have a bunch of us have a crazy redhead family again. What if like a Harmony Corinne family just rolls up and sprays him <laughs> with like what is it with a, a fire, fire extinguisher? Fire extinguisher. Yeah. What? Why did they even have that in a car? I don't know. That whole scene was so strange to me. It was. Re- well, again, that scene and the the rock the vote scene definitely feel like they were written five minutes before they were shot. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is amazing. To the actors. Look, it's silver lining is that they could get mud honey on such short notice. I yeah. Think. <laughs> I mean, you don't just get mud honey at the drop. Like, that's the clout that Penelope Spheres has in the they, uh, hard rock and heavy metal community. They owed her a favor. To get mud honey. <laughs> they owed her a favor. <laughs> also, look, another silver lining to this is that uh, Bridget told me that her dad is a strong man, and I have not stopped thinking about that since I learned it. So. Not my dad. <laughs> no, Penelope Spheres' dad. Okay, all yeah. right. My no, dad, dad was in the Navy. My yeah. dad was in the Navy, and he did have a mustache, and he, and he is Much strong. like a strong man. Uh, yeah, how strong? How much can your dad lift? I think that's what you we're know, trying to get at. 
Um, now, now I don't know as much, but maybe in the prime, Navy. But like, yeah, in the Navy, what was Very he benching? Strong. I don't yeah. know as, as much as a nineteen-year-old Pe- Penelope Spheres's mom, who was. Uh, oh, she also. <laughs> Do you know. think, look, here's the real question. This is a tough question, Bridget, but that's what we're all about on this show. Could your dad in the Navy have wooed Gypsy Spheres with his ability to lift things? <laughs> um, yes. Okay. All right. That's good. That's, 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 that's the hard-hitting question that we need. Oh my gosh, what if my life was... What if I was Penelope Spheris? You could have been. Yeah, could have been. I, I was going to say Bridget Spheris, but that doesn't track because it's obviously whatever her mom's maiden. Yeah. Well, also you 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 would still be. How, does, how do names work? Bridget, what if Bridget Caviola directed uh, Black Sheep? I think that's what's clear is you could have directed this movie and you could have made a it better. Yeah, you wow. could have made a better version of this movie. Where, yeah, it's where a your meta, dad would. Gypsy Spheris. Yeah. Who still, you still cast her to, to say the pocket pull line. Of course. Because we need that. Well, because that's the of constant course. for all universes is the Gypsy <laughs> Spheris invented the phrase pocket pull. But that was the first time you'd heard that, right? I, I'm not, for, yes. Legitimately, okay. I don't. I okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't a term that I was like, you know, not in the know on I, from I, the nineties. I've, I've heard it before. You had? Yeah. Uh, well. Maybe it did start with this movie, though, because I'm sure it's the 90s is when I learned it. But yeah, I'm not saying I, I can't. What I'm also, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just can't take you being like the 90s is when I learned pocket pool. I bet, Andy, like I can do the math. On- 100 <laughs> percent. That's when I learned pocket pool. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Absolutely. I I, look, to... I, I don't need it either. I'm just, I'm Let's clarifying. Let's talk about Tommy Boy again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. All right. Well, I did, think we did it. Did we, we do we it? some silver linings. Okay. I think we did it. All right. We did Phew. it. Yeah, it was, we're, this we're... one, this one made me sweat. I feel like this was not our easiest. No, this is silver linings. No, it was, we were glad to have an, an expert. In Bridget Caviola style. Oh my gosh. Us. Thanks for the challenge, you two. Yeah. We I knew mean, you were up listen, to it. We knew you could handle we, it. We loved a softball ear podcast co-host Katie Long. Uh with, <laughs> yeah. with Blue Steel. I mean, that's Catherine Bigelow. She's yeah, great. like that one was easy. So I mean Penelope Spheris too, but yeah, but, but you know, Jamie we, Lee Curtis, you know, gunning down Tom Sizemore. Like that's yeah. that, that it, right, that's that's a that silver lining itself. in and of itself. Yeah, so the whole like, thing's a silver lining. Yeah, that, that yeah. movie was a uh, that movie was a layup. This was a half court <laughs> shot with the with time running out. It is. I mean, it, I, I I just to say it again, the amount of talent involved in this movie, the fact that it's not like it's this bad is it's, yeah, it's almost unwatchably bad. Yeah, it's it's like everyone has the yips. Like you would just think this cast, it, like in this director and this writer. All together, like if you gave them 10 chances to make a movie, nine times out of 10, it would be good. And this is the 10th out of 10. Ugh. Well, again, good. thanks so much. Uh, for- <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, what about too? Because we, we talked about obviously in the multiverse where you directed this movie, but there's also yeah. a multiverse where Chris Farley did the cable guy, <laughs> which we didn't oh. really talk about either. But like, that's pretty wow. wild to think about. I mean, there's, there's also, also a multiverse where he did Shrek. So that's true. Oh, yeah, he was still alive. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be Shrek. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, they named um, one of the cabaret spaces at IO. In the Chicago Chris Farley Theater, Chris yeah. Farley, yeah. Yeah. And I got to perform there. And that was really cool because That's I was cool. like, I that is a very funny, funny human. Yeah, oh, just he funny. You know oh, what I no. mean? Yeah, God. Chris Farley is the best. And that's uh Wait, to, should he be the silver lining? He is the silver lining. Yeah, the silver lining is that Chris Farley is the best. And that yeah. was since I mentioned it, the the whole Bob Odenkirk uh uh Matt Foley thing was written at IO. Like that's where they yeah. came up with it, and then it was just done again on SNL. But that was a sketch that was performed on that stage that you were on, like first. So um, wild but yeah i mean chris farley is one of the funniest people like ever. on the yeah just ever like he was great and uh if you have a chance bridget if you have some time uh there's a film called tommy boy and tommy boy yeah okay. i would i would recommend checking that one out all right i've seen it it's just been a long time <laughs> Hey, I thought this movie was like some hidden gem. You've seen it? Oh my goodness. Yeah, we should, we should talk about it. it sometime. I've seen it. No, that movie's way too beloved for this podcast. Oh, no, not for the podcast. I just yeah. meant in general. Just like in general. You could you could figure out if it's for real. You know, but yeah, we could. Yeah. What, when was that? It came out in the 90s, it was, right? It was pre-2000. That's your limit, right? Is 2000. It was definitely pre-2004, probably. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, if something is like pretty much a guarantee for real, we usually don't do it. You you really want to know if it's for whatever real? Whatever is for real is super arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really doesn't totally well, matter. Well, since we're winding down, I I will give a plug to your show. Is it for real? And I will say that you you reminded me of the movie Keeping the Faith, which I oh. had not thought about until <laughs> you asked. <laughs> If I would do an intro for it, and I'm so I glad you did. Literally said everything I could remember about that movie on that intro. You did great. Yeah, so Thank it was you. seven seconds long. It was, <laughs> it was mostly listing the people in it and saying that I like them, and that was why I watched it. There's um Jenna Elfman. Mm-hmm. I like her. I like I like I like him. Yeah, Ed Norton was he writer director of that he or something? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and then he never did anything else. <laughs> he, did he made himself recently. a priest hero. <laughs> that Ed Norton is fascinating. He's a he's a fascinating oh, guy. Yeah, Jeez yeah. Louise. Yeah, Andy, and you gotta come Maynard. on it. We gotta get you doing an intro too. I will. I will. I'd be happy to. Okay. Uh, it's for keeping the faith. Yeah, keeping. The, <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just you get we didn't make that clear. You just watch Keeping the Faith every yeah, week sorry, on your show, podcast. and you're like, "Is it for real?" Yeah, it still is. No, like, it's still it's, for real. It's still for real. Uh, note for note, shot for shot, beat for beat, it right. holds up. <laughs> you know what's what wild? Prank podcast. What's wild about that movie too is the other person in it is Ben Stiller, who turned out yeah. to be the amazing. Well, I guess he was at the time already an amazing. Was ben Stiller is well the great director, director that was involved in that movie. Right. Yeah, because he had already done Reality Bites by then, right? He had to have. Like, yeah. Yeah, because Keeping the Faith was what. Yeah, I, I know how math works. I know that time's <laughs> linear. I understand linear progression of time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, anything else uh, that you would like to plug or direct oh, people toward? Oh my gosh, me? Uh, no, you can find Is It For Real on on uh, it's a Facebook <laughs> and we have an Instagram and we're on the 
the Apple podcasts and we're actually, I heard um, Kaderna on your hundredth episode and we're coming up on ours soon, which is like pretty wild. And I feel very kindred to your podcast just because we kind of started right in the pandemic too. And how like nice it is to just be able to connect with your friend from far away and, and talk about stupid stuff. So like, no, How I, yeah, I, no, thank you for saying that. Cause I had the exact same thing that, yeah, we, we both launched around the same time and for similar reasons of we're all people that met doing improv in Baltimore yeah, who that's right. are on both coasts who want to stay connected to each other. And yeah. I think there's yeah something really wonderful about that. And yeah, your it's show is nice. delightful. It's nice to hear all three of you. And now you've heard two thirds of you on this show, but we're never having fun. <laughs> and that's on. it. That's it. <laughs> It's two thirds to have him on and that's enough. That's, that's right. plenty. That's yeah. plenty. He talks enough on our podcast. <laughs> there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, check that out. Yeah. It's, I mean, you've listed like Facebook and stuff. You can find it on all the like Spotify. I Apple know. Podcasts, I just like to like, joke. I don't know if people are on Facebook anymore, but I, it's kind of a funny joke. I just want to me, I guess. I just want people to find your show though. I yeah, want to be clear. Podcast, yeah. Is it for real? R E E L. Mm-hmm. We used to be called In a delicious pun. Does it hold up? But you know, there's a few podcasts named that actually. <laughs> How did you spell hold? Uh, R E E L. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Which was weird, but yeah. And unfortunately, it. Silver Linings Playback was already taken. So, you know, in a, oh, in a delicious yeah. pun. So you guys so, had to use something different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like it's fun to talk about the silver linings of a movie. I like that. And that gimmick, that's not, it's not a gimmick. No, it's, it's a gimmick. You know what I mean? I like that. I Positivity like that is a gimmick in 2022. <laughs> it really oh is. Oh my God, you're yeah. so right. <laughs> but oh, here's, here's the, this has been dark. Here's the secret. has been a gimmick for about six years. <laughs> but also, did you notice the secret to this, which is we get listed as a positive podcast, but we spent by far the majority of this episode <laughs> like, just dunking on this turn. just dunking on this it's movie true. and then at the very end you're like oh but like you know this chris farley's right. great this, is, this this scene was tolerable <laughs> i didn't sleep during this scene i looked up from my laundry at this scene <laughs> man if i was doing laundry instead of watching this movie that would be that would say something too because i hate folding laundry so much so I was doing laundry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, yeah, we did it for sure. Yeah, we, did it. we did it. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank for you. having me on. Thanks for coming. It was fun. Watch, watch Tommy Boy. <laughs> All right. I'll put it on the list. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Aid. 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 Potato Salad Marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.